Welcome to Cloud Out Loud podcast with your hosts, John Gallagher and Logan Gallagher. Join these two skeptical enthusiasts, or are they enthusiastic skeptics, as they talk to each other about the cloud out loud. These two gents are determined to stay focused on being lazy and cheap as they evaluate what's going on in the cloud, how it affects their projects and company cultures, and sometimes how it affects the world outside of computing infrastructure. Please remember that the opinions expressed here are solely those of the participants and not those of any cloud provider, software vendor, or any other entity. As with everything in the software industry, your mileage may vary. Okay, welcome back. We are going to talk today a little bit about Web3, which we have slagged on many occasions, but we're kind of... We are technologists. Web3 is a, is a technology. Technology is neither good nor bad. It's, it's its applications that are good or bad. And I will start off with saying, with bringing up something that the people or friends of mine are probably sick of, aluminum siding. Aluminum siding undoubtedly has its usage, but it has this horrible mental image. You know, aluminum siding salespeople, aluminum siding this, aluminum, aluminum siding that. So in my mind, it's a technology that the business community or the way it was brought to the marketplace really undermined it. We have all sorts of examples that have occurred in my life, pet rocks, mood rings, etc. Web3, the fundamentals of, of Web3 and its current manifestations, crypto, particularly this week that we're recording, where Terra and Luna had such massive meltdowns in many ways could be portrayed that way. It's uh, the way these things have been brought to the market, brought to people, has undermined it in many people's perceptions. So we'd like to actually talk about a Web3 technology that seems like a very good idea, a com- company implementing Web3 technology that seems like a good idea. Logan? Yeah, we're, we're recording on a pretty auspicious date. It's Friday the 13th in May 2022. And this week, we saw a lot of action in the crypto markets. We saw a lot of coins decrease significantly in value. As John mentioned, the, the Terra and Luna coin pair stablecoin crash was pretty dramatic and wiped out a lot of folks' crypto assets. And we've been fairly skeptical of some of these crypto technologies, but we're not here to dance on any graves. We are today looking at a project that at least gestures towards some of the real potential in the space and some of the some of the most attractive and I think pro-social parts of the Web3 ecosystem. So this project is called Hive Mapper. And it is a project dedicated to building a crowdsourced, open sourced mapping platform. And the way that they gather the data for the map is to have folks put a dash cam on their car and drive around and record the data through the dash cam that can update the map and keep it up to date and fresh and help fill in any parts of the map that are missing. And to incentivize folks to get in their car and turn on the dash cam and collect more data for them, they will distribute coins to the, to the contributors of the mapping project. So you have your dash cam running while you're running your errands or taking your kids to school or what have you. And you may be prompted to take a a more novel route because that road over there has not been added to the map yet. 
And if it works for your schedule, you might have the incentive based on the amount of coins you can get from taking the detour to go ahead and take the longer way to the grocery store and contribute new data to this mapping platform. This hits home for me in, in a couple of ways. Two of the startups I was involved in, one of the very earliest startups I was involved in, this is way before Google and eTech or any of the other mapping systems that, are, that became about, uh, available and economical. We were doing local pickup and delivery, trying to optimize local pickup and delivery for trucking firms. In order to do that, what we literally did was send people to like Philadelphia, Camden, New Jersey, Trenton, New Jersey, and bought all the maps that were in gas stations. We pinned them up to a big board and then digitized them. We ran out of money, literally, because we were trying to create these mapping, these databases of roads. So that hits hard. It's really close to home because now we can get a fairly economical map for doing that. The second startup I was involved in was a vehicle telemetry startup. And this had a dash cam, which was outward and inward facing, that also tapped into the onboard diagnostic systems. So it was meant for commercial fleets. The camera would was continuously recording, but would preserve 30 seconds before and after an event, an overspeed event, hard braking, hard turns, bounce. It also had a panic button so if you're a bus driver and something happened on the bus, you could hit the button and, and, and preserve recordings. Again, in the, the problem with that was standardization on OBD. There's a lot of technical issues of, involved in that, and it didn't really gain the traction that we wanted. So I came to this almost in three strikes mode. It was my experience in getting geographic information, my experience in doing telemetry, and then crypto. But in diving into this, this Hive Mapper project seems to have take, it taken an objective look at the problem. First of all, they did identify a big problem in mapping, which if you're civilian, if you're using, let's just say it, Google Maps, you might think, do we need another map? But they've identified gaps in the, in the marketplace or opportunities in the marketplace for freshness of data, coverage, etc., that they are then using crypto to help help fill. So Logan, how do they do that? So for people that want to consume the map, that want to interact with the map APIs and get access to the mapping data, they will need to spend credits to, to interact with the API. And the way that you get credits is they are converted from those tokens paid to the map contributors. So the map contributors can sell some of the tokens that they're accruing by running their dash cam to users of the map platform, and that way they can make money. So you're giving the data contributors that are out there driving the roads a, a profit incentive to continue to contribute to this project. And the users of the map who are buying these credits know that they have potentially the most up-to-date and freshest mapping data available. It would be, you could much, you could get someone out on the road with their Hive Mapper dash cam onto a new street or to view an area that has undergone significant development, probably a lot quicker than you could commission a new Google Map car or Apple Mapping car to get to that street. And, and that could be a real value proposition for folks. 
And you wouldn't think of it, but for example, we both come from Southern California and there have been devastating wildfires that, that burned down thousands of houses. And insurance companies would pay real money to understand what's left and what's the scale of the devastation. So that if someone could get in there when it's safe to drive it, they would have an opportunity to, to get this fresh data in way before a Google could repurpose a mapping car, for example. Intriguingly, for us, this crypt, the crypto coins seem to be in a relatively limited economy. So they're not trying to take the place of fiat currencies. They are the, the way that mappers get paid and map consumers pay. Within this economy, it, it really seems to, seems to work well. Yeah, I think this project takes a few aspects of crypto that I really appreciate. One is that, as described in their documentation, the person that is collecting that mapping info with their dashcam ultimately has ownership over the data that they're, they're contributing. We're big proponents of folks owning their data. And, and as you mentioned, you created this little economy in miniature on your platform to incentivize people to interact and continuously contribute fresh data to your platform, and as well as create a, a valuable product that consumers have an incentive to pay to use. And all of that looks really attractive in my eyes, even though there's certainly been a lot of crypto projects that I have looked at very skeptically. Now, will this project work is an open question. It seems like they've really thought through some of the things they we were joking that it seems like a very elaborate board game, the way they've constructed some of the rules and mechanisms for how folks get paid, for how you incentivize people to go cover less covered areas of a city or a region or even a country. They've clearly put some thought into this. I'm guessing that some of the people that are working on this project come from the mapping space because they know that novelty and freshness are crucial. I think it's commendable, and I now really eager to see, watch this ornately constructed little microcosm of an economy, how it will interact in, in the real world when the rubber meets the road, very literally in their case. Eager to see. Yeah, I actually just made just pre-ordered a camera, so awesome. we'll see on that aspect. Now, one of the interesting things about this as well, as you brought up, it seems like the rules are of an elaborate board game. The rules are very, very interesting and very directed towards the effect of it. I wonder if some of the folks involved, and I just did a quick skim of the, of the folks involved, I didn't, no names popped out of me from the gaming community, but I wonder if the experience of the gaming community hasn't been instructive yep. in this. Video games, I'm sure, have contributed to how they're setting up some of the incentive structures and kind of game mechanics of this, pro of this project. Yeah, we're happy that people are thinking powerfully about this. About this, I mean, on beyond crudely drawn apes, and that they are taking a bounded approach to it. That they are not looking, as I said before, they're not looking to replace fiat currencies. They're looking to say, how do we create an economy that incentivizes the producers and allows the consumers access to the to the information to the to the assets that they need. I did take a quick look at the API. For example, you're talking about freshness. When you're asking for map tiles, you can specify the minimum freshness. So if you 
again, in the case of wildfire, if you need to see something, a map that's been produced within the next last week, you will you will either get that or there will be some sort of notification within the system that there's a, a demand developing for this map. And the other thing that I, I think is has a lot of interesting potential of this project is that it appears that they're building it as a platform upon which you can you can build additional products. It seems that they have they're using open standards and open sourcing so that you don't even necessarily need their dash cam to be able to contribute data. You could potentially be adding data to the mapping project from a dash cam you already own or a dash cam that has some other logic embedded into it where maybe you are a different type of firm that also wants to have a dash cam inside of folks' cars. And this could be a potential funding mechanism to incentivize them to put in your cars. I'm thinking maybe insurance companies, et cetera. Or that, that startup that I was involved in earlier, which I have devotedly not named. <laughs> it would be intriguing to create this system where you approach a, a commercial fleet and say, we will collect the telemetry about the fleet itself for some discount or possibly for free. Again, I'm not sure how the economics would work out, but you have the side basically the side gig of mapping for HiveMapper, or actually it'll turn into a uh, open foundation at some point in time. So you could, you have a funding mechanism to create more focused applications in the vehicle environment. Yeah. So that that's really interesting. In general, I'm really, really hoping that people are thinking as powerfully as, as the HiveMapper people seem to do. There've been a lot, a lot of lazy thinking a lot of economic experiments. Uh, two things that we're going to put into the to the show notes that we would like to emphasize here is people are thinking very powerfully about the effects of crypto, of some of the disappointments of crypto. And as as we were talking before we went on air, some of the lessons that crypto is avoiding. <laughs> that some of the crypto people in putting forward something like Bitcoin, don't realize that they're essentially recreating the gold standard. Well, some of them may realize that, but it depends. <laughs> exactly. You know, it may be some of the personalities behind it do want to go to a hard currency system, but we learned so many times in the history of the United States. Go back to someone like a William Jennings Bryant who created an entire political career based on the fact that gold created limited opportunities for financing in rural communities. You know, the old gold versus silver standard. That was a huge conflict in U.S. history. U.S. history, you might want to, hey, crypto folks, you might want to dive into it. <laughs> Look into the 1920s would be an interesting place to start. Yeah, the, <laughs> the late 19th century, yeah. <laughs> Look at the Grange movement, you know, possibly look at uh, Bretton Woods and why Bretton Woods had to be created. Undoubtedly, you're willing to dump the Weimar Republic on us. If the Weimar Republic type standards ever come and people have to have wheelbarrows full of cash in order to pay for things, we'll be out there selling wheelbarrows. I promise you. So there's a balance. There is no one way of doing things. And we really feel that a lot of the crypto hype are behind people who take the, their personal lived experiences and extrapolate it across a macroeconomic area. So while it's real easy to say, individually, we need to cut back and make sure that we live within our budget, 
The same doesn't apply for a country. The same doesn't apply for an economy. There's many times when a government needs to step in and juice the economy or provide things like capital improvements. We have a poster in our office of the St. John's Bridge, which was built in 1931. And at the time, there was not enough traffic for it. But it represented a way to connect two communities that were undeveloped at the time. And only a government can do something like that. Yeah, that's sorry. That was a little bit of a, <laughs> a little soapbox no, there. No, I'm, I'm on board. I think with crypto, we're going to be fair arbiters. Where if there's a project that actually looks solid on its on uh, on its fundamentals, like this appears to be, we'll applaud it. As technologists, we're about the technology, and we are skeptical when technologies get a little too hyped. That's just kind of a uh, an instinct, I think, of ours. But there's been technologies that we've been advocates for where we've been on the other side of the, the coin. We've been pushing on, pushing for technologies that other people have been skeptical towards. I think I think we've been right on cloud and software containerization, even though I've had to have plenty of architectural fights with people in meeting rooms and in office buildings on in uh, metal detectors going into the conference room. Exactly. So we'll we'll we is our, our promise that we will remain fair arbiters and I think this project is a good example of an encouraging crypto project that it, it appeals to us at the minimum. Yeah. The application and what I think really appeals to us is the alignment not just of crypto as a way of people getting paid. Thought of the incentivization on both sides of it. There's there's an intriguing part of Hive Mapper where there's a map annotation position that there's a possibility that customers can get customized annotation into the map. That's interesting. Maybe a, a city pays for a particular color or we we live in Portland. Maybe there's roses highlighting areas that the city of Portland would would like to like to emphasize. We already have we have roses on our manhole covers. So maybe that's a a thought for the city of Portland. Okay, so like I say we we'll, in our show notes we'll also be putting some intriguing conversations. Corey Doctoro has been on fire uh, for months now on a broad series of topics, but in particular the effects of things like crypto, things like effects like data on individuals and on, on personal freedom. And we have a, another gentleman who was the finance minister of Greece, but before that, he was the chief economist of Valve. His insights into what he's seen occur with these virtual virtual gifts and virtual economies that spring up around games and such, and how that, how that can be mapped to the lived experience that we're going through right now in the crypto environment. So we have some really, really intriguing documents to, to go along with this, this session as well. So that being it, we have so far survived May 13th, Friday the 13th. And I, I hope everyone else is doing it well out there as well. And we'll see you next week. Take care. Thank you for listening to Cloud Out Loud podcast. Please let us know in comments if you caught either of the gents calling a product or technology by the wrong name. Other information and suggestions are welcome too. Or feel free to tweet us at, at cloudoutloudpod or email us at cloudoutloud at ndhsw.com. We hope to see you again next week for another episode of Cloud Out Loud.